Welcome to 5.5, the show where we watch 5.5 rated movies from IMDb and visit the side streets of Hollywood so we can give you reviews of hidden gems or terrible movies you should stay away from. So ready your popcorn, lean back and enjoy the show. You're listening to 5.5. Welcome back to another episode of 5.5. It's difficult for me to speak today, so I guess everything is usual. Uh, with me today, I have Amanda. Hey, hey, hey there. And as we already heard, I have you, Tom. Hello. And last but not least, Peter. Hi. And my name is Martin Lanton Larsen, and uh, today we have a green, freshly green episode for all of you guys. Um, but uh, before we get into talking about movies and all that stuff, how are you guys doing? Great. Doing good. Yeah, good. Can't complain. Well, I could, but nobody would care. That's <laughs> not true, but... <laughs> let's, let's scrap the show and let's just hear what's on Amanda's mind. Oh, you know, yeah, that okay. That might be better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is, who knows? <laughs> so we all watched a movie... Uh, some of us watched it together. Surprise! We lived together. Or something? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how Tom and Amanda watches the movies. If they're watch- sitting oh, in separate each- rooms. I mean, separate I rooms. like to have the utmost just silence, except for the movie, and being able to process every scene and every moment of the movie, so you, we can give the most accurate representation of a five point five movie. We take it seriously here. This is not a joke podcast. We're not just here for fun. Is that true, Amanda? No. Okay. Great. With that, I think we're ready. Lights, camera, action. It's time for the synopsis. This month on 5.5, we watched Green Lantern. Reckless test pilot Hal Jordan is granted an alien ring that bestows him with otherworldly powers that inducts him into an intergalactic police force, the Green Lantern Corps. Yay, that's the best core there is. Uh, this movie was picked by me. And everybody in here looks very happy that I picked <laughs> this movie. Isn't that correct? So correct. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. We, I mean, we can't really give away too much yet. And because you can't see our faces, that hasn't <laughs> spoiled. That hasn't ruined the show yet. That hasn't ruined no. the show. No. But let's start. Let's start just ruin, ruining the show a little bit with our one sentence reviews. Is the one sentence review? Green. It's better than the Hulk. A thin story with a lot of conveniences. Well, it was something. It sure was something, and something this movie had was a crew. It's time to meet the crew. Yeah, so the movie was directed by uh, Martin Campbell, who is known for Casino Royale and Vertical Limit and Goldeneye, I guess. And Mask of Zorro. Yeah. I don't know much about directors, so... All I can say is, anybody called Martin... That's where there could be issues. <laughs> I have seen all these movies. I've seen them all. And they're um, not bad movies. 
they are not bad movies, no. Uh, all of them are actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think on this list, the one that I enjoyed the most was probably Casino Royale. I, I liked the whole Ditto. sort of reboot of, of James Bond. Mm. We are all nodding while well, Beard is mm-hmm. not. I'm I'm not that much of a um, James Bond person, so like I've probably seen these movies. I just can't remember which one is which and stuff. Like probably people are gonna hate me now because I'm on a movie <laughs> review podcast and I don't really particularly remember movies very well. Hang on, let me let me check the inbox, Beard. <laughs> yes, yes, the emails are flooding in. They're not happy, Beard, and they're not happy about this. Quickly, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> Casino Royale is the one with the Danish guy. Did, did that change the inbox? Is people more happy now? Um, I, in fact, it's got worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, crap. Okay, let's move on to the next person then. I mean, Brian Reynolds starred in this. And you can't really go wrong with Ryan Reynolds. No, you can't. You, you can't. He is, I've loved him forever, it feels like, ever since I first saw him in Waiting. I think that was the first movie that I saw with him. That was like back 2005, maybe, where I watched it almost every single day when I got home from university with my roommates. Okay. I actually don't know when I when I first saw him act in anything, but I, I guess some of the, the, the more famous movies that he's made is uh, if people have been living under a rock, Deadpool and Deadpool 2, quite quite good movies. I really enjoyed both of them. And he also starred in Buried, which I have seen the first half of and then fell asleep. He also owns <laughs> Aviator Gin. So somebody who owns a, a gin company, you know, they, they can't be bad. Hmm. I, guess. I feel like he's just somebody now that you can just put him. He's one of those actors you can just put in a film and you're just like kind of there for them you know it's just like oh well you know let's put him in detective pikachu and see what happens oh actually that actually worked let's put him in this hour film and the oh what was it's it's recently out on netflix um like oh, yeah not, we watched that with my dad six yeah, uh, yeah we, we watched that as well i don't think we were super Wait, great what about, did i watch we, we watched the netflix movie that he's in underground something. Ma- six under it was six underground which is just like a michael that. bay action fast it was no. pretty bad it was but really you put bad my, but you put ryan reynolds in films and i, I just <laughs> feel like it's more of like a thing that's happened over the last five years with ryan reynolds just he's just one of those names now it's just like oh ryan reynolds that's probably gonna be worth my my time just for like a couple of scenes it's very particular to like comedy style movies though right like i mean action movies and whatnot but like they they with a dash of comedy at the very least in it Mm. like that's the special thing that he's good at i mean look at his twitter and you'll know that that's what he's good at he's quite funny he's quite funny and i also love with six underground that dave franco is in it and he's a name on the poster and stuff and he dies uh in, right <laughs> in the beginning so of the movie i was like what what's that <laughs> slight spoiler uh but i mean it happened so so quickly into the movie so yeah, it's like within it's the first fine. 10 minutes i was like there he is and he's gone okay <laughs> oh. but we're not talking about six underground no we're not so next up on the cast is Blake Lively, who I have a bit of a crush on, and we all know her from Gossip Girl, The Town, and I don't know what this one says, the IE of Adeline? Nope, that's a typo in the show that's notes. That's a typo. 
That's a typo. Okay, that's, that's a typo. The age of Adeline. That should oh, the say. age of Adeline. Okay, it was like I've never heard the, of this. The, edi- the editor has. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was like an Irish movie or something. <laughs> like. <laughs> the eye of Adeline. The eye of Adeline. But I just know her from Gossip Girl, and I mean that's like the iconic role that she's had, and that basically everyone knows her from. Which mm-hmm. is why Marty did not know her. I think like what? from Marty, you don't movies. know Gossip Girl. XO, XO, Gossip Girl. Have Come you on, Marty? Oh, did we I, not I, have- I I know her, but only because uh, it's not only you, Amanda, who has a, a crush on her. So does Ryan Reynolds because you know they they met during this movie. So uh, and I think that's basically mainly where I know her from because she's the uh, I don't know girlfriend wife whatever to Ryan Reynolds wife wife and mother, mother of his, his three kids. children three kids there we go three. um but actually actually I've seen the town I think that's pretty good sorry Tom <laughs> I, I've I was seen the say, town you know, if anyone anyone had any you know falling in love with Blake Lively in this and had any dreams there absolutely shattered because you know Ryan Reynolds had the advantage there of being on set with her and actually falling in love with her in real life hmm very inconsiderate. So sorry, Amanda. Yeah, that's okay. Then we have Peter Sarsgaard as Hector Hammond, who is also known for Shattered Glass, Garden State, and Jarhead. Uh, I haven't seen Shattered Glass, but I've seen Garden State. Garden State is one of the best movies in the world. It is really good. and it, it, Who's the director again and the writer? Uh, the, the guy from Scrubs. Um, Zach Braff. Yeah, Zach, Zach Braff. Braff. Yep. Yeah. Um, really cool movie. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. I, I don't think that's a five point five. Uh, if you want a review of that, uh, don't don't you have, you, you don't have to head over to the uh, seven point four podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, next up, we have Mark Strong, who played Sinestro. I don't think we've been telling people who these have people have been playing, have we? Or have we just been no. saying names? We've just been saying names. It's a guessing game, really. <laughs> You can look it up on IMDb. <laughs> Mark Strong playing Sinestro, uh, also in 1917. And Shazam, there's your DC comic connection there. And also Kingsman, The Secret Service. So I know that I just watched this movie like three hours ago, but who's Sinestro? He's he's the Green Lantern who has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's always speaking to the council. and uh, okay. The, the Green Lantern that is red. Yes. The Red Lantern, who's green. Yeah. But the dude uh, who looks like a comic book villain. Yes. yes. And if you did stay for the um, the credits, after the credits, you know, you might have saw something there. You might have saw something. But we'll talk about that after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we also have Tim Robbins. Uh, some might know him from Mystic River, The Player, and the best movie on IMDb, The Shawshank Redemption. Ooh. Which is a golden... Uh, no, not a golden, which is a Stephen King novel, actually. If you didn't know that, just like the Green Lantern. <laughs> that's, oh, no, that's, that's incorrect. The Green Mile. Oh, oh yeah, Green Mile. We always get those two mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Sim- similar subplots, really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and finally we have J. O. Sanders, who plays Carl Ferris. He is also known for The Day After Tomorrow, Kiss the Girls, and Revolutionary Road. Just gonna say as an observation, very light on the female actors for the main part of this film very male dominated superhero comic book movie yep there's not even in 
I mean, kind of spoiler about what this whole thing is about, but even amongst the lanterns, do you see distinct, like, there's a few female characters, but, like, overall, this is, it's a sausage fest. I mean, this is this is essentially, like, every point that I wrote down. The so. green sausage. <laughs> Why wasn't that a one-sentence review? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump to the next segment and talk about the movie. What do we think about that then? So this movie starts out with two storylines. We have one storyline that plays out on Earth, where we see a childhood memory of um, Hal, who gets to sadly watch his father die in an airplane test. And we also get introduced to the love triangle of this movie with Carol, whose father owns the aerospace company, and Hector, whose father is the senator. And in current time, Hell is now a um, test pilot himself, dealing with risk-taking behavior and non-commitment. And then we have the second storyline, which plays out somewhere in the galaxy where the monster Parallax escapes from his imprisonment. Uh, gaining strength by feeding off of the fears of others. Um, and he chases down Abin Sor, is that his name? Um, who is part of an intergalactic police force called the Green Lantern. And Abin Sor crashes, crash lands on Earth. And with, with his like last breath, he uh, passes on his responsibility as Green Lantern to help. So yeah, that's basically the main introduction to the story. I think that's a great summary, Birte. Although I am going to nitpick the love triangle. I feel like that is very loose. The, the well, love it's triangle. more like a love V, I a guess. V. I feel like it's a love line. It's like an, a love A love line, I. that's it. A love I. So it's like there's a couple and at the top we've got Carol and the dot on the I is all like, I love you, Carol. And she's like, who are you? Yes. So if you missed what we meant by this all is that um, Blake and Ryan are kind of, they like each other already as little kids. And there's also Peter, uh, well, actually, well, I love how we're using their they're Helen and Carol. <laughs> they're not the actors. They also they're, like so, you know, Well, they already kind of did. But yeah, yeah Helen and Car- Carol, they kind of already liked each other as kids. And then there's Hector, who is kind of the geeky kid and, you know, this book smart kid and not the cool kid and he likes carol too but he always stands in the shadow of hell and that kind of continues into the past uh, into the future into their adult lives too yeah that's one of the things that really pisses me off about not specifically this movie but yes this movie is that a woman and basically the only female character in a movie like this is used to determine like the fate of the men that are in love with her so the one that gets her affection is like the hero of the story and the one who does not get her affection turns into like an evil villain and it's like uh uh-huh yawn so done with this subplot to some extent i agree but you have to also see that carol is actually also a test pilot herself like she's pretty badass in that regard uh-huh. and it's actually pretty i mean she does have a pretty nice scene later on where she kind of rescues the green lantern at some point so like, there is some redeeming points in that way of like she's not just the like um you know the princess you have to rescue kind of person i don't know how damsel in distress is the word for that like, she's a bit more than that. And she's also really smart and, like, played out in the whole movie that she has a lot of business sense and stuff like that. Like, they're at least playing her as a character with some kind of more than just a damsel in distress. Yeah. yeah. 
I definitely agree. I don't think that Blake or that Carol is a is a character as a damsel in distress. However, she is used as like a, a plot device to further the two male roles. Like she doesn't actually, yeah, yeah. Like it's not explicitly like we don't. We're not following Carol's story. We're following like the journey of Hal and Hector, one going good and one going bad, and using Carol as the catalyst to turn them that way. I'm not saying that Carol's not badass because she is. She's a fucking boss. Like she's a test pilot. She's taking over her dad's company, um, but she's unfortunately just um, essentially used as the catalyst for the men. Yeah. Though there is other catalysts too, right? Like there's, for example, um, Hector's dad kind of ignoring him completely, and like any other adult in that story, in like some way it's. A repeating theme for for Hector that he's being disregarded and standing in the shadow of the others. I mean, I don't think he is though. Like, I think Hector chooses to be like to put himself in that position because in the first scenes in 1993, his dad like says, "Go and play with the other kids. Like, go follow, go watch a test test fight." And he's like, "No, I'll just stay here." And it's his dad who continues to push him back in present day. Like, he got him the the gig to go and like autopsy an alien like which got him infected which turned him into this bad guy i i, I do feel like this movie is is a lot of pretty much the whole movie through it, it's playing on all the same old tropes it's doing all the same thing it, it's basically they i think they should have you know done a, another pass of writing on this story because i do feel like at the core there is a story there that could be good but they're just doing all the usual stuff basically everything is just oh okay you basically know what's going to happen before it happens yeah i think that's one of my main gripes with the story is that it's and that's why my one sentence review was about the story being very thin because it's they're just using movie themes that we've seen a million times and making them even cheesier like and not even in a way where they're trying to be cheesy. Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like, just, there's very little story. Like, well, there's story there, and it could have been a really nice story, and there's it's an interesting universe, but also we kind of start out not really knowing much about the universe, and we get told more about it later, but it just feels like I don't, like, I don't get a connection to it in the way that I would, for example, ugh, dangerous thing to say when we're in a DC movie, but with Marvel, for example, where I get a good introduction into the universe and get connected to the characters. And there's a story there and you feel connected to a character after seeing one movie about one specific character. Well, I mean, you, you bring up Marvel as well. And I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong to do that because, I mean, how many pro Marvel films have we seen between us all? Quite a lot. And the year this film came out, in 2011 2011 was also the year captain america first avenger came out so that was kind of the start of the marvel sequence as well and i think green lantern initially it was planned to kind of use this as the foundation for the justice league that would continue the story and you know further along develop lots of characters within the dc universe apparently mm. superman was supposed to appear in this as well but uh, like lots of script edits and the story was really stripped back I think in place of the visual effects for the movie which I think for a movie that came out nine years ago I mean it's stunning mm. I mean it, it really is so stunning yeah, it uh, looks really like good. The, the space scenes and, and you know you, you're getting those vibes of like Infinity War and uh, you know Guardians of the Galaxy and you're seeing that this was done you know almost you know 10 years ago and you're thinking wow I mean like visually this film is holding up really really well yeah, I think one of the 
issues with with this movie and with the DC universe in I mean I, I know now we're taking a, a little step back but uh, but, uh, but looking at, at the DC universe in total as well is that Marvel started out with you know just per- personal stories down on earth something we, all of us can relate to and then they just built on top of that and at some point they had the huge space blob thingy that attacked and stuff like that uh, it became more and more wild where with this one I felt like just just rewatching it now I was like oh it's a big space blob that is attacking and it yeah okay and green I was alien. calling him Smokey Snoke <laughs> and the return of the ring <laughs> yeah uh, no so I, I just feel like they they did they started somewhere wrong they started wrong they should have started with with small a smaller story smaller scale in my opinion i mean when you look at this film as well i'm definitely getting a lot of captain marvel vibes from like the initial setup and you know human person becomes intergalactic super being but yeah there's just there's something sorely missing between just character development and just explaining the story because half the time I just found myself like what the fuck actually is going on like what is that thing what is the bad thing trying to do like he's, he's running on fear like what and, and and like what what are the green people doing and why are there so many and why are you only sending like four of them to go kill it I, I just didn't get it yeah I think Tom makes a really good point there because the movie itself it's almost two hours long and by the end of it it's kind of like what just happened um, I personally feel like there was too much emphasis placed on unnecessary backstory that actually made it so that you weren't that all that connected with the characters anyways. And you're like, what is this big evil thing happening? Like you mentioned it for two minutes and like that's actually the what is supposed to be the entire point of the film. And I just, I didn't feel like there was a real threat to Earth. I didn't feel like, like I, I felt like essentially the the main point of this was like Hal's character becoming a decent human being who's not running away from his fear which is a good thing like I'm not saying that that is a bad storyline um, I just feel like everything else wasn't written or planned out in a way that was giving any of it justice and I mean the writing in general there's like a lot of things where it was very convenient how things happened like <laughs> the whole movie like the whole time while we were watching it i was like oh that was convenient because you know stuff like you know airplane testing facilities are not next to huge cities like that's not a thing it doesn't happen so like why the heck is this whole movie based on you know but the the um airplane testing facility has to be close to the city so the monster can be a threat to the city so that there's an actual threat somewhere i mean obviously the monster could destroy the whole world and whatnot but you know it kind of has to make it more real that the monster is doing something to the city so it has to have these scenes where the blob is over the city so obviously you have to place the, the airplane blob, testing facility next it to it <laughs> you know and it's just it's just you know like these conveniences were like throughout the whole movie where like there were so many things of like you know i i just kept saying that to marty is that they just like they were like oh yeah we can't make this a plot hole so like let's make it convenient you know Mm -hmm. and the simple answer is the reason why that thing happened is because it was in the script yes yeah like i kind of thought that his background and his childhood and like being a test pilot and any any of the whole pilot thing i was like what is the purpose of this plot device like actually what does it matter that 
he's a test pilot, that Carol's a test pilot, that this is all going down at like an airplane facility. Like, I don't know, maybe it's because I don't know the Green Lantern comics, but I'm like, it just seems unnecessary to me. To I have, mean, it like, does make sense. It does make sense in terms of the story being around overcoming your fear. He has a dad who tells him that he's not afraid and um, or it's his job to not be afraid. And then his dad dies and he watches him die. So he goes into an adulthood where he's very risk taking and trying to pretend he's not afraid of things but he's kind of really afraid of things like he has this really strong block there of being afraid and that's ultimately what you know they're trying to portray as the human thing of like overcoming this fear and fear being um you know fear of what, being, like fear of you what? know like what is he afraid of because i never really understood what he was afraid of well for example crashing or of like you know making it in life or like committing to things and you know any kind of thing that people might be afraid of i guess i don't know i mean i don't think he was afraid of crashing because how the heck would you become a pilot if you were afraid of crashing like you probably wouldn't get through all the tests i don't know i'm just overthinking this a little bit but i definitely agree on the point about like over committing and stuff that that definitely makes sense i mean it just really shows how thin all the small story parts in, the, in this movie really is, I, I guess. Um, any last comments? Any last things you guys want to quickly mention before we move on? Yeah, so I just want to go back to one of the very first comments that was made about um, the cast of being females um, and the women that are actually in the movie. And I think it was Birta was like, I don't even think there was that many like female aliens in the alien scene. And I wrote down, my first note actually is that the only female alien or female presenting alien that was seen in like the massive shoot with like all the hundreds of aliens she was like wearing really provocative like green armor i was like really like all the dudes get full-on like proper armor and she's got her tits out like okay so yeah but that's what she imagined her armor to be like that's her fault that's what she imagined no that's what the writers put her in tom that's what the writers oh you're playing marty's card it was in the script well to be completely honest i think it was the 3d artists but but yeah yeah, let's not dwell with that (laughs) and that's actually you know one of those things where i have to like slightly disagree with tom on the visual effects where i mean i do think they hold up relatively well but was there anything that wasn't visual effects in this movie like it was worse than a marvel movie as in like you know, the the whole time when you had, like, certain characters, you could just see they were in front of a green screen and, like, you know, like, their lines blurring or something. And it was a bit, like... Really? Did we yeah. see this in the movie? Yeah. Like, I don't oh. know. I was just... I was actually not too happy about the visual okay. effects in between sometimes where, like... I don't know. I wasn't the hugest fan of it. Any last words or should we move in to the judgment? Okay, let's move in to the judgment. It's time to meet your judgment. Stick, bump, or bust. So here we are. Um, let's uh, let's see what did people think of this movie. To my right on the screen, I have Amanda. Amanda, what did you feel? Stick, bump, or bust? And we maybe should, before you say it, just remind you what it what it means. Stick. It stays a 5.5. We, f- we felt like this was definitely a 5.5. Bust. This is a bad movie. It should have a lower score than 5.5. Or bump. It's a great movie. Well, at least better than 5.5. It deserves more. Let's just put it that way. So, Amanda, where do you end up? I 
am busting it. It's a bust. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Let's see. Uh, let's move on to who's below me. Birte is below me right now. Stick that sounds bust. so wrong. That sounds so wrong. <laughs> We're so right. But I didn't think um, it was that kind of podcast. No. Um, so I, I was very close to what Amanda was saying, but I think I might give it a stick just because at least I didn't have a moment of wanting to stop the movie, which I did have in Baywatch in the last episode. So, um, but Baywatch is definitely rescued by other themes, which this movie isn't. So I think I stay with a stick. It's a stick. So we have a bust, a stick. Hello, Amanda. We have Tom. Well, I am going to agree with Ryan Reynolds and let's just forget this ever happened. We're going to bust it. I feel like if you want your superhero comic book fix, there's probably some other ones you could watch that make a bit more sense and have a bit more of a chronological storyline and maybe makes more sense to, to go for that. Just I, I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't bother. That's a big old bust. Okay, so we have two busts, one stick. I'm left. And I'm going to bump this movie. What? Bump. Yes. <laughs> wow, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Nobody did. That, that's the plot twist. No, I actually kind of... I think I just walked away from the conversation when Beard and I was done watching it because I was sort of like, you know what? It's not the best movie. It's not the best movie out there but I actually enjoyed it I had a good time watching it uh, sure there's a lot of stuff that could have been better but I don't know it's just super superhero movies I'm 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 always on board with that almost depend it's it's it doesn't matter how bad they are so yeah I'm actually bumping bumping it I was entertained I liked it so Ryan Reynolds will be rolling in his grave <laughs> good that he's not dead well, I mean, you you might be listening to this podcast a long time in the future when, sadly, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is no longer with us. And Ryan Reynolds went back in time as Deadpool in Deadpool 2 to stop himself taking the role of Green Lantern Marty. So I feel like you're just doing him such a disservice there. But hey, it's a podcast and people having different opinions. I guess that kind of is But good. I do... I do think that if we uh, tally all the scores together, I do do think we it, it is a bust overall. Uh, I do feel like if we have two busts, then we need two bumps to get it up, and we didn't. It was a bump stick and two busts, so we'll, I guess overall, this movie is busted. Anyway, that's all we had for this time. I hope you enjoyed what you uh, what what you heard because we cannot do it over now. Uh, this is in your ears. Uh, please give us uh, a 5.5 star iTunes review. That would be lovely. And uh, you can also tell us what you thought about this movie or maybe come with uh, other suggestions to what movies we should watch. So is, is there somewhere, Tom, that people can, can do that? Um, yes. You can head over to 5.5.reviews. That's our website. Is that right? Where we yes. have other episodes of this podcast uh, from the past and we have a social media account on twitter at 55 review where you can tweet at us and tell us what you thought about the movie too do you agree with marty do you agree with birta or do you agree with me and amanda yep. let us know Woo. <laughs> 
That is correct. And with that, I don't think there's uh, much else to say, but um, thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye, Tom. Bye. Bye. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com. Thank <laughs> you.